0: As training camp is underway, the New Orleans Saints are finding some interesting ways to address a position they didn't add to this offseason and that we all forgot about. We got all that and a little bit of land yet for you on today's episode of Locked on Saints. You are Locked on Saints, your daily New Orleans Saints podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What is good, Houdat Nation and Houdat family? Welcome in to another episode of Locked on Saints, your daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Saints, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks so much, as always, to all the everydayers out there making us your first listen of the day, every day. Don't forget, you can always subscribe and follow for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts so you never miss a daily episode, and if you want to keep the conversation going one-on-one with me, gain access to our exclusive film studies, Q&As, early information, whatever it is that you're looking for, we got you covered over at joinsubtext.com slash Locked On Saints. You'll be able to join a community I would love for you to be a part of. As always, I'm your host, Ross Jackson, at Ross Jackson Nola on your favorite social media, your New Orleans Saints expert credential member of the media. You can find me every single day over as the senior writer and reporter over at Saints News Network, Sports Illustrated's Fan Nation site, covering the New Orleans Saints every Tuesday on the Locked on NFL podcast and every single Monday through Friday and then some on Locked on Saints. On today's episode of Locked on Saints, we have our rookie watch and more notes from the second day of New Orleans Saints training camp. We're also going to get a look at the offensive and defensive lines, including some first-team reps from Peyton Turner that he absolutely cashed in on for a second day in a row. But first, what's going on when it comes to the New Orleans Saints and the slot receiver? This is a position that so many of us have just kind of stopped talking about because we've been paying attention to the defensive line and can they get another veteran at D-end or in the defensive interior? Can they get another veteran when it comes to the linebacker spot? All of that, that all the Hunter Renfro talk, all of the conversation about adding a quintessential slot receiver, a phrase you've heard me use, Many times on the show, whether you are listening to the show once a week, once a month, or five days a week, you've heard me say that phrase, and yet here we are in the second day of training camp with no quintessential slot receiver. How have the New Orleans Saints been utilizing this position? Well, I think the way that they've been utilizing it so far in training camp is really, really interesting. Now, I have to be careful about not giving away too much in terms of like what they're doing schematically and things like that. But here's what I can tell you, and we kind of alluded to this as a possibility when we were looking at what are the different ways the Saints can address this position, whether it's trading for Hunter Renfro or signing another receiver, all that. But the way that the Saints are kind of addressing this is that everyone kind of has the ability to do everything. Rashid Shaheed can take those slot snaps. Chris Olave can take those slot snaps. Michael Thomas can take those slot snaps. The tight ends can take those snaps out of the slot. Alvin Kamara can take those snaps out of the slot. Now, they haven't done all of that, but we know that they have capability with any and all of those players and more who can come in and be able to help out there. Brian Edwards can help out there. James Washington can help out there. Lynn Bowden can help out there. There's so many of those players that are able to do it. So I think it's really interesting because what the New Orleans Saints are going to be able to do if they go this route of not having someone that is consistently the slot receiver is that they get to create mismatch after mismatch after mismatch after mismatch because one one snap, it's Michael Thomas in the slot. The next snap, you have to deal with the speed of Chris Olave in the slot. The next snap, you have to deal with the speed and quickness and speed and speed and speed of Rashid Shaheed. You have to then deal with the physicality of a Taysom Hill in the slot or the quickness and sort of gadget nature of an Alvin Kamara in the slot, because the reason why I mentioned gadget nature for Alvin Kamara in the slot is not because he can't run routes. He absolutely can, but because he's a running back that you can line up in the backfield and the motion out there, you have the chance of dragging in a man-to-man situation, a safety or a linebacker into the slot as opposed to an actual defensive back or, you know, uh, slot corner, like you would see defending a Michael Thomas in the slot or defending a Chris Olave in the slot. So it's really, really interesting, all the different things that they would be able to do with that type of, I'll call it, oh, there's a word that we used to use all the time in theater that was about this. It's like modular. And, and this was the thing that we used to do. There was a theater that I used to work in a long time ago. I'm gonna take you down memory lane for a second. That had two by two platforms on pistons. This was at the uh, at CalArts, the California Institute of the Arts or whatever. And you can raise or lower each of those two by two platforms in this entire theater to make it whatever you wanted it to be. You want it to be an arena, you raise up the ones on the outside, you taper them down, and then you have a level playing space in the middle. Or you bring up some of the ones and you do it sort of in this raked fashion so that it's a little bit of a downgrade, like a movie theater, and then you have a proscenium look or just like a usual picture frame look. You could do anything with it. The New Orleans Saints have that modular ability now with their offense because, and Chris Olave alluded to this in his post- practice presser on Wednesday, Thursday, on Thursday in which he said we can do anything. All of the players can do so many different things and I think that that's not an oversimplification that is a part of what the New Orleans Saints are probably trying to do. Think back to and and we constantly do this, right? We constantly want to compare this New Orleans Saints 2023 offense to 2011, 2013, 2000 whatever. Like, you know, we kind of kind of try to go back to what can this offense be prior to, in comparison to New Orleans' Saints offenses prior to 2020, 2019, whatever. Um, and a big part of what allows them to be able to do and find all of that success was matchup base, right? It wasn't always about this receiver is an elite route runner, that receiver's got elite speed. There were some of those players, Marcus Colson, elite route runner, Devry Henderson, Robert Meacham, elite speed. Devry Henderson had some good verticality to his game that he could benefit off of, kind of like Rashid Shaheed can. Uh, Robert Meacham was just mad explosive and he can kind of get involved at several different levels, never gave up on a play. Chris Olave is that way. So there are these players that kind of share similar qualities, but who's the Lance Moore? And the answer in terms of who's the Lance Moore could be a little bit of everybody. Maybe there's not one guy that encompasses all of what Lance Moore did in this offense who was invaluable to the success, Super Bowl and on for the New Orleans Saints and and prior, right? You had to play to get there. Um, But maybe all of these players have little bits and pieces of what it is that Lance Moore did so incredibly well with Drew Brees in this New Orleans Saints offense. So they're trying to replicate that to where the scheme benefits off the players and the players can benefit off the scheme. That's going back to a Thanksgiving game where Drew Brees threw four touchdowns to four undrafted uh, uh, pass catchers, including guys like Dan Arnold and Tommy Lee Lewis, those were not elite route runners. Those were not elite separators. Those were not speed demons. That's not who those guys were. Okay, Tommy Lee Lewis was a little fast, but he was more little than he was fast. And so I think that when you look at where the Saints can benefit, looking back in the past, and maybe this is where that John Gruden visit actually had a little bit of benefit, is looking at, okay, how can the scheme impact and, more importantly, benefit the players, just like the way that the players could potentially benefit and impact the scheme. And so when you look at how the Saints haven't brought in that slot receiver formally, it might be because everybody's got a little bit of slot receiver in them, and every single one of these guys that the New Orleans Saints have and can line up, especially at the big three at wide receiver, can not only line up in the slot, but they can win in the slot when asked. And that is just as important as having that quintessential slot receiver. we got more coming up for you. We're going to take a look at Peyton Turner. Turner dominating some first team reps? Did he earn them? Or were there real estate just giving him a shot and he made out really well on it? We got all that coming up for you as we continue on with today's episode of Locked on Saints, part of Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Our partners over at eBay Motors have teamed up with Locked On Fantasy football host Vinnie Iyer to bring you the best fantasy football advice every single week, all season long. So whether you're prepping for the draft or scouring the waiver wire every week, we're bringing you the guaranteed fit for your roster. So with draft prep underway for the upcoming season, let's see who Vinny has selected as this week's eBay's guaranteed fit player of the week. If all the top-tier quarterbacks are off the board for fantasy football drafts in 2023, don't worry because there's another line of luxury passers and in some cases runners who are a guaranteed fit for your starting lineups every week week, driving a sleeker Jacksonville Jaguars offense that now features wide receiver Calvin Ridley. Trevor Lawrence has top five scoring upside as a QB one expect lawrence to keep living up to his immense arm talent as well as athletic talent and cruise to production that builds off of his hot finish to last season Vinny Iyer of locked on fantasy football is here to help you win your fantasy football leagues and ebay motors knows that a championship is all about players being the perfect fit and the same goes with your vehicle with ebay guaranteed fit and over 122 million parts and accessories for your vehicle right at your fingertips you can make sure that your ride stays running smoothly you need air filters brakes tail lights alternators shock struts you name it ebay motors has it and they'll make sure that it is the perfect fit for your car because ebay's guaranteed fit helps you understand exactly what you need for your vehicle the very first time so go forth switch gears crank the ac And say goodbye to sweating if your vehicle just needs a little fixing up because now you'll always be set up for success from the get-go. With eBay Guaranteed Fit, everything your vehicle is calling for is just one click away. For parts and accessories that fit your vehicle, just look for the green check mark. Get the right parts, the right fit, all at the right price at ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. eBay Guaranteed Fit, available to U.S. customers, eligible items only, exclusions apply. All right, family, continuing on with today's episode of Locked on Saints. Thanks again, as always, Make making Locked on Saints your first listen of the day, every day. Don't miss the, what was kind of a chaotic live show <laughs> yesterday over on the Locked on Saints podcast, also available wherever you get your podcast at this moment, in which we kind of gave our initial reactions to everything going on. A lot of competition being bred by the New Orleans Saints organization. Is it a good thing? I explain why it is. And you can also go and check out Locked on Pelicans, Locked on LSU for your second and third listens on the day as well. Today, and as we get into our second segment, which we're going to kind of make a habit of because I know the offensive line and defensive line are such hot-button issues and 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 you all want to know what's going on there, who's playing where, who's getting reps, all that. Uh, so I always want to make sure that we're, we're kind of doubling back to this and, and updating you on the rotation on offensive line and defensive line. We're going to start on the offensive line because it had one of the bigger stories of the day beyond the wide receivers and Derek Carr and the continued good connection between those players. Uh, but I, I want to take a look at where what happened with Taylor with Trevor Penning unavailable during Thursday's practice. So Trevor Penning was not there. Dennis Allen told us after practice that it was a foot injury, not one that's connected to his previous foot injuries, which is important, and that it's a day to day injury. That they expect to have him back out on the field today, on Friday, or maybe Saturday. But they called it day to day. Don't expect it to be a big issue. Said it was more of a precaution than he was that he wasn't on the field than anything else. We saw a couple of other exits as well, two heat related early exits, maybe some returns in Shaq Davis as well as uh, Keith Kirkwood. Nothing to worry about there. And in Colin Saunders, unfortunately, had to leave with illness as well. So we hope that he's uh, okay. But you know, look, it's. It's hot out there. Like, we're standing out there. You can probably see I'm a little bit darker than usual. Uh, that That is a that is a product of being outside in the New Orleans heat. And so, Colin, I feel you, homeboy. I get it. And you're running around. I'm just standing there with a notebook looking through some binoculars. So, you know how it goes. So, let's start with the offensive line here. The offensive line with Trevor pinning out, it was a pretty simple swap. They just had uh, James Hurst in at left tackle, as you would imagine. Uh, Andrews Pete was back at left guard. We also saw Eric McCoy at center, Cesar Ruiz at right guard, and then Ryan Ramchek at right tackle. So no big adjustments there. Although the next time that was the first team offense during the first time that the first team offense was on the field, the second time that the first team offense was on the field, uh 76, which was Calvin Throckmorton, came in for uh came in for Caesar Ruiz at right guard after a certain point. Not right away, but after a certain point. Even with that second go of team periods. It was still uh, James Hurst, Andres Pete, Eric McCoy, Cesar Ruiz, and then Trevor, um, not Trevor Penning, sorry, Ryan Ramchick. And Ryan Ramchick met with us after practice that he was feeling really good, all this other stuff too. So he got some pretty good stuff from uh, Ryan Ramchick and some really good, um, I don't know, just good to see Ryan out there and participating and like getting it done. Because I know he's, he, he always has to deal with a lot with that knee injury. And so great to see him like out there and, and saying that he was feeling well. The offensive line as a whole performed pretty well. But I will tell you that um, Peyton Turner got the best of James Hurst on a couple of occasions. Um, Before we get to that, actually, no, let's get to that right away, uh, because I promised you that we would. So the starting defensive line when it came to first team was Cam Jordan on one side, Peyton Turner on the other side, and then you had uh, Colin Saunders as well as Nathan Shepard. That was the first time around. The second time around, we saw Colin Saunders no longer out there. Malcolm Roach came in. So I think the way that you want to look at the defensive line here, is Malcolm Roach and Colin Saunders kind of playing the nose tackle one tech roles. So they're the ones that are a little bit more in the middle, trying to clog up the middle of defense, maybe two gapping, meaning they can go left or right of the center if they're lined up directly over the center. If they're at that one tech position, they're in the A gap, which is the gap between the center and the guard. And so you're looking at trying to maybe take up two players there if you can, right? Start to get those double teams. That's kind of their responsibilities. Heavy run stopping responsibility, but hey, you can get some pressure from that spot as well. And then the three tech, who's the guy that's a little bit more of the interior uh, kind of pass rusher, that player is usually lined up over the B gap, which is between the guard and the tackle. And so that guy has been either Nathan Shepard with the first team and Brian Brzee with the second team. I'm not going to go super into Brian Brzee yet, going to save him for rookie watch, but I have a good thing for him today. Um, so, and, and that's hard, right? Because again, these guys aren't in pads. They're not even in shells. Well, they will be in shells today and they will be in shells tomorrow or they will be in, they get into pads soon, but they get into shells tomorrow. And so- that will start to see a little bit more in terms of what we can see from the, the offensive line and defensive lines, but still good stuff uh, when they do pop off of the field. And we saw that a little bit from Brian Brisby today. Um, so Peyton Turner, I have a note here about Peyton Turner getting pressure. Great coverage by Alante Taylor on a on a deep shot to Chris Olave. Great coverage by Alante Taylor again on a deep shot to uh, to or, or on a diving sideline. Catch by uh, by Rashid Shaheed. Latte Taylor was in good coverage for it, but Rashid Shaheed just made a really nice catch. Uh, but on each of those plays, we saw pressure, 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 pressure coming from uh, Peyton Turner. Peyton Turner continuously in the backfield again today. That's two days in a row that he's done that. And then in the second uh, sort of period of team drills, that's where we really, really got to see him. Um, you saw. A uh, bit of pressure got got into the backfield immediately on a completion from Derek Carr to uh, Alvin Kamara, who okey joked Zach Bond a little bit. Got a pressure on a completion from Derek Carr to Rashid Shaheed, Got a pressure on an incompletion from Derek Carr to Michael Thomas, which is broke up in his kind of hand fighting, falling to the ground way between Michael Thomas and Marshawn Lattimore. You want to talk about iron sharpens iron? Those two guys, iron sharpens iron. You want to talk about competition breeds excellence? Competition breeds excellence when you watch those two guys. So you see some really good stuff in terms of consistent second day in a row pressure from Peyton Turner. Peyton Turner, um, or rather Dennis Allen was asked about Peyton Turner and his development so far. And did he get those first team reps because the team is seeing nice things from him? Or did he get those first team reps because they wanted to get him in the mix? And Dennis Allen said it's a little bit of both. They want to get him in the mix, but he's also showing that he's making those improvements. The big thing is, can he move from flash? From flashy player to consistent player, that's going to be the biggest thing. But a good start, a, a solid start. Let's not write home yet, but a solid start for Peyton Turner, and it deserves to be recognized. Uh, real quick, before we get to rookie watch, uh, second team offensive line, Landon Young on the outside. We saw um, Calvin Throckmorton at left guard. We saw the new uh, new signing, Max Garcia at center. Max Garcia is the guy that's effectively being seen as the backup center to Eric McCoy. There's a center in the building. Um, Trey Turner was at right guard, and then uh, Storm Norton was at right tackle. Saw the same thing in the second session. The uh, second group, when it came to offensive, or excuse me, defensive linemen, came down to um, we have, who is this? Oh, 92, sorry. So Tano Passanio on one side, as well as Carl Granderson on the other side. And then we saw um, Malcolm Roach and Brian Brzee in the middle. So let's talk a little bit more about Brian Brzee and the rookies that stood out. We'll look at the rookies that stood out. We'll look at the rookies who were there and continue to kind of show you a little bit. And then we'll look at the rookies that still haven't really caught attention just yet. The rookies that haven't caught attention just yet. I'm going to go into today's practice with a lot more focus, specifically watching for those to give you some notes on their growth. we got that coming up for you as we continue on and wrap up today's episode of Locked on Saints, part of Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's Let's get it, that Nation. Wrap it up today's episode of Locked on Saints with a look at the rookies. Rookie watch. So here's the deal. There's two players that really, really stood out to me as rookies today or yesterday on Thursday. Those two players are Brian Brzee, who had this really, really nice, good play to where he immediately got some interior pressure right up the middle. We saw Carl Granderson do it. We saw a couple of other pieces. But I loved at this point, it was um, it was a run by Kendre Miller. This was in second team reps with Jameis Winston at quarterback. He turns around, he hands the ball off to Kendre Miller. Kendre Miller comes out of the mesh point and boom, right there. Right in his grill is Brian Brzee. And this was not a blown block or anything like that. This was Brian Brzee winning and getting in position. Now, he would in real life, right, in in, in actual game action, he would need to finish that tackle. You're not going to do that in practice, right? You're just kind of popping guys, basically. You're just letting them know, boop, I'm here. Um, But he was there. And the play right before that was a play in which Carl Granderson kind of wrapped from the outside and got pressure right up the middle. You want to get pressure up the middle. So it was a good day for the New Orleans Saints defensive line, just if we're being honest. Um, there was a moment where I thought, okay, let me just wait until the pads go on to really start paying attention to Brian Brzee and start paying attention to Isaiah Foskey. Because I feel like if we do anything before that, especially start to knock them for a quote-unquote not showing up, that it's a little dramatic early on, right? I mean, we're two practices in, these guys don't have – don't have stuff on. So what I asked Carl Granderson was, because he he met with us, uh, he met with media after the game, after the game, after practice. And I asked him, it's one thing to go from like novice to good. And this goes for anything when you're building a uh when you're building a skill set, right? Like it's something I I still do here on the show. Going from novice to good, reps, opportunity, rhythm, routine, all those things doing your job, right? And you eventually get better at it as you're doing it. So you're going from novice to good. You can see the gradual rise and you know exactly how to get there. I just got to do it a couple of times. I just got to do it a couple of times. Going from good to great or going from great to elite, that kind of minor little tiny leap, that's a lot more challenging. And it's a little bit harder. You really have to dig into the nitty gritty. You have to dig into the details. This is what I, I chase every single day. How do I go from good to great? How do I go from great to elite as a podcaster? How do I go from good to great? How do I go from great to elite as a media member? How do I go from good to great, great to elite as someone that is delivering information to you, which is always my number one priority? How do I get better? It's the details. And that's exactly what Carl Granderson mentioned as well. So the three things that he named were getting off the line of scrimmage, right? Your your jump, your burst off the snap. Hands, whether that's fighting, whether it's hand placement, whatever it is, and pad level. These are the details that defensive linemen are working on amongst the New Orleans Saints right now to go for good, to go from good to great before the pads come on. So as I watch Isaiah Foskey, as I watch Brian Brzee, those are the three things that I'm going to watch from now on moving forward. Because even when they get pads on and the plays become a little bit more evident when they win, when they lose, I still want to see if these three things are getting better right? What's the burst off the line of scrimmage? What's the burst off the snap? What's the, where are the hands? How is the hand, how are the hand placements? Is it strong hands? Are they, strong hand? Are they coming in with, you know, are they coming in a little bit ginger? What's it looking like? Where's the pad levels? Are they too high? Are they too low? What is it? So those are the things that I'll be watching as we move forward. And I'll do my best to kind of report on those in a way that's not like super like esoteric. Um, so I want to point out Brian Brzee, the other rookie that stood out to me today was was Jake Hayner. Now, Jake Hayner was not perfect today at all, just like yesterday. Like, Jake Hayner wasn't perfect. Um, But Jake Hayner did go four of six throughout team reps today. And then in seven on sevens, he went three of three. And you know what? It wasn't always big plays down the field. He did get a couple of those. He had a nice couple of connections. He completed a pass to uh, Keith Kirkwood. He had an incomplete pass thrown over towards Rashid Shaheed on a downfield play. Action. Oh, I'm sorry, that's Jameis. My bad. I'm reading the wrong notes. Uh, so, um, so he actually went. Yeah, I still had the right name. I still had the right numbers there. Uh, so, uh, completion wise, he actually went four or five. My apologies. So sorry. So he went four or five in team. Everything I just told you, forget about it. I'm just kidding. Uh, but he completed a pass to Kiki Cody. He completed a pass or had an incomplete pass. Uh, thrown up to AT Perry, uh, which was just good coverage underneath and above Ugo Amadi, as well as another defender were both there. And then in the second team drills, he went three of three connecting with Kirk Merritt. Uh, he connected, and that was a big like yak catch too. It was really good. Kirk Merritt kind of running an angle route, which was nice to see. Uh, and then he connected on a screen to Jamal Williams and he connected downfield to Jimmy Graham as well with, uh, with number 40 in coverage. And so all of that was there for him. And the thing that I like about it is that like they weren't like big splashy plays. Day in, you know, we play in and play out. But you know what I loved? Confidence. Confidence. Conviction. He knew exactly where he wanted to go with the ball. And when he made that decision, it was out. It was out and it had some zip on it. it had some zip on it. This isn't like Ian Book, fantastic person, great person to talk to. He was awesome. Had a great sit-down with him at the Super Bowl a couple years ago. Great dude. But when he was out there. He was never really trying to push downfield. He never got the opportunity to push downfield and, or he was never really looking to push downfield. And the same criticism that I had for him coming out of college, he still had in the NFL, which was that he was a little bit too scrambly, right? A little bit too panicked and everything. Jake Hanner, cool as a cucumber, letting everything develop in front of him, chilling, and then gets these passes out. And once he decides, this is where I'm going, boom, it's it's not predetermined, but once he sees that that route is uncovering, well, once he sees, okay, this concept is going to work, he's not waiting for the player to get open. He's throwing to the spot where the player should get when they get open. That's good. And just for the sake of saying it too, Jameis looked good today too. He really did. Um, as for the rookies that I that didn't really, or that, that were out there, but didn't really have any like big plays, um, Kendra Miller was out there. He's still ramping up and everything. He got a couple of carries and he had some nice runs. He's got good vision, patience, all that other stuff. But the thing that I liked about seeing from Kendra Miller today, and this is maybe where he did stand out a little bit, is that his his pass catching, it's there. It's really there. And I'm talking about not just screens, but I'm talking about there was a pass where he was working towards the flat on the outside. And in the midst of that, it was thrown outside of his frame. He had to reach out to grab it outside of his frame. Did it. No problem. All good. Bye. Peace. All good. So I love seeing that from Kendra Miller. Guys that didn't really get many opportunities and therefore didn't really stand out. Jordan Howden, um, A.T. Perry. Um, Nick Saldovary didn't really get to see much of him today. Um, and so, and Isaiah Foskey, Isaiah Foskey still hasn't really like left off for me. So, so those guys I'll watch really, really closely on Friday because it could be that they're doing good things, but I'm seeing something else somewhere else. And there's so much stuff to pay attention to all throughout. So, um, so I'll specifically pay attention to the, to that group of players and then be able to come back with something to give you. They'll be in shells too. And now that I kind of have this perspective that Carl Granerson helped me out with, Isaiah Foskey, I'll be able to come back with some more notes on him. So we'll have that. All right, couple of other, act- uh, one other extra note actually, because I already hit Carl Granerson. I already talked about Jake Hainer's confidence. So one other thing I want to mention here. Smoke Monday made a play. Oh, yes, he did. Yes, he did. Smoke Monday made a play. He came rushing as a safety off of the left side of the offensive line. This was in against third team. Um, Jake Hayner on his fourth rep after completing three straight passes on his fourth rep in the second period of team drills, reaches back to go ahead and throw the ball. Looked like he was going to launch it confident as ever. Smoke Monday, boop, just knocked it right out of his hands. Now I couldn't tell if he hit it with his hand or if he ended up hitting it like with a forearm or something like that, but it doesn't matter. He was in position. He hit the ball. The ball came out. It was recovered. And the thing that I loved about Smoke Monday, and I told you, we're going to have our award every week. Who was the dog of the day? Who was the dog of the day? We're doing it every single week next uh, throughout the season. My dog of the day award would go to Smoke Monday as well as Andrew Dowell. Dow the dog. But Smoke Monday, you know what he did? That pass gets knocked out. And you know what he does? He runs. I don't know if he, I don't know if he did it intentionally. I don't know if he did it intentionally. But we're all all of media is kind of standing behind a barricade on the on, on one side of the field. Smoke Monday comes running to that side of the field, hand up. That was me. I made that play. Give me my credit. I loved it. I loved it. I don't know if that's specifically what he was doing. He didn't say anything. He just came up with his hand out and he looked right at us. So either he knew we were over there or he discovered we were over there when he got there. It could be one or the other. But man, I loved it. I loved him running out and saying, that was me. Number 38. Here's my jersey. Here's my name. I did that. I loved that. Take pride in your stuff. Smoke Monday. Absolutely love it. Smoke Monday on a Friday. Because of a play he made on a Thursday. Let's see if we can make another one. See if we can make another one today. All right, y'all. Appreciate you as always. All the everydayers out there making Locked on Saints your first listen of the day. Every day, don't forget. Jake Madison, Locked on Pelicans, giving you all the jersey information and much more. Caroline Fitton over at Locked on LSU, getting you ready for that LSU football season. Whole bunch. Whole bunch going on here on the Locked on Podcast Network. I appreciate you as always. Making Locked on Saints. A part of your day, part of your routine for saying yes to me and the show. As always, if you see me, say hi. And if you got anything else or need anything else around your New Orleans Saints in between these episodes, make sure you follow me on Twitter at Ross Jackson, N-O-L-A. Hit me up. Let me know how the family's doing. Let me know how you're living. Let me know how you mom and them. And trust you that nation, I'll holla at you.